Tim and Brian are part of Red Weather, and they're here for a talk with the antidote. Thanks so much for coming, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. You got to do something for me. What about taking us back to day one of Red Weather? How did it all begin? Um, so our uh, guitar player and other vocalist, Mike, uh, and I have been playing music on and off for, I don't know, over a decade now. Um, we were in another band called From Rooftops that we did for um, maybe three years or so. And uh, our drummer went back to school and had another kid and life got busy. We just kind of fell away from music for a little while. But when we finally decided to pick it back up again, we were looking for a drummer and we looked on Craigslist. And the first person <laughs> who responded on Craigslist was Brian. <laughs> so he came to, uh, to the practice spot and he had already learned like four or five of the From Rooftop songs. So we could immediately start playing songs that everybody knew and it was easy to just take down that post immediately and <laughs> started up the band <laughs> that's hilarious i mean that's always the old band joke craigslist band but you guys really <laughs> are a craigslist band. Yeah, we really did it <laughs> <laughs> okay well here's something i haven't been able to sort out red weather has been called a three-piece but now the band photos show four of you so what's the story so we were a three-piece up until like maybe three or four months ago. So Mike was about to have his third kid and wasn't sure if he was going to be able to continue. Uh, and that being the case, we asked one of our friends um, from another band. Uh, so Chris came from the band called Boxford, who had been doing things for a while in the, in the local scene here. Um, so we knew of him. We knew he was t a talented guitar player and singer. So we asked him to come in with the intent that if Mike had to leave, then we would have a one-for-one -one replacement, basically. Um, but it's worked out that Mike's been able to stay. So instead, we now have two guitar players and three people singing, which has been amazing. I think Mike <laughs> hearing the sound of all four of us playing together was an incentive to keep him with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys aren't kids, so this can't be your first band. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> nope, definitely I not. I, I think last count, I've been in 12 or 13 different bands, something like that. And what makes Red Weather different? Um, I think the thing about the, the group of us, and Chris included, is that there isn't a whole lot of ego with any of us. Um, we're all kind of pretty chill when it comes to the writing process. Uh, and when we, when we sit down to write a song, everybody contributes. And it is a really quick process. Um, like, Brian can chime in here if he wants to. But, like, uh, every song comes together super quick for us with all of our little parts put in there. So it's been a fun process. It's It feels easy. It's definitely been one of the, the quicker bands that I've been in that comes up with a song. It's just maybe one practice we'll have a pretty good idea on what we're going to do on it, which is, it hasn't been the case in many of the bands I've been in. So it's been fun. So you guys started what year? Yeah, 2018. I think it was. Yeah. Well, then you didn't waste any time because you released a demo EP in 2018 and it included never meant to be. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I must be an evil person because I love to take things out of context. 
<laughs> so let me spin this around. It does seem that this band was meant to be. <laughs> it did. Like it that. does feel that way, honestly. It, it came at kind of a tumultuous time in my life. Um, my marriage was kind of coming to an end as the band was beginning, and it was an outlet for me to um, weekly meet up with close friends. It was really good for me. Uh, and also being able to kind of channel everything I was feeling into the songs, into the lyrics, uh, something that was very therapeutic for me and continues to be. <laughs> you know, your style takes me back in time. Your sound isn't typical of current artists. Is that a positive? We hope so. Yeah, I think so. But could it also be a negative? It could be. Um, we get a lot of comments about how we sound like you know, early 2000s emo in the vein of like Taking Back Sunday, that kind of thing, um, which you know is something that we definitely grew up on. So it makes sense that our, our sound kind of feels that way. I question whether that's a good thing or not sometimes. Um, I feel like it helps us to stand out in kind of a genre that can tend to feel samey, particularly with the new class of emo bands. Um, a lot of them are great. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Um, I listen to them daily. But I think we stand out a little bit in that we have pulled from kind of the early on emo bands, the the Get Up Kids, you know, Further Seems Forever, that kind of stuff, um, which, you know, a lot of bands aren't doing right now. So we might not be contemporary, but we're original for the bands that are doing things right now, I would say. So really what happened is that you guys have gone through a time warp. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just old. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's the real issue. <laughs> so it's punk, it's emo, it's indie. But do you think one style actually dominates your sound? I would say that it kind of runs the gamut um, with our latest album. We kind of hit different genres on different songs. Um, you've got the straight up pop punk sound on Save My Breath or... Um, still Alive. Yeah, Still Alive. That's the other one I was thinking of, yeah. And then there are the more kind of emo ballads kind of thing. I feel like if you like the genre, the pop punk, emo, indie, whatever genre, there will be a song that's on the album that will resonate with you. Um, so hopefully listeners feel that way as well but there's no pocus <laughs> you haven't heard, yep. you haven't heard yep. our next yep. <laughs> I have to tell you that it's really wild how many Virginia Beach artists I've interviewed is the music scene intense for me it feels like there's always one big band that is kind of dominating the scene um you know in the past that's been like turnover um the boxer hey. band that we pulled chris from um, they were dominating the scene for a little while they're getting the you know the shows that come through um getting to open up for like saves a day that kind of thing um so that's that's the way it feels it can be clicky which i think is any any city's gonna have but for us it's always been about meeting as many people as we can, becoming friends. Um, you know, we're not trying to do this as a living. It's our love of music that's kept us going. 
So meeting people, um, talking to people at the shows, that's kind of where we thrive. Is that where the bulkier shows are in Virginia Beach? So there are, they call it the seven cities. <laughs> so there's like Virginia Beach, Norfolk, uh, Hampton. Uh, so there's a bunch of different areas that are all very close together. So we play throughout this area. We've played Richmond a lot, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from us. Um, but yeah, primarily Southeast Virginia is where we've been playing shows. So Virginia Beach, it's known for the beach. It's known for the music scene. But it's known for something else. You guys have one of the strangest parks I've ever heard about. <laughs> I just went there today. You got to tell us about Mount Trashmore. I literally just got back from there two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a landfill, I believe, right? That they just covered with the some soil and now it's a park. I've actually <laughs> never been there does. as long as I've lived here. <laughs> it's a good spot to walk the dog. I don't know. It's, now that I say it out loud, it is ridiculous. <laughs> oh that's hilarious so what do you do at mount trashmore you're not going to go skiing on it <laughs> no. no there's a walkway that most people uh walk their dogs or jog on and then I, I believe there's a skate park there and when you're on top of the hill most of the people usually fly kites or it's just a good place to get outside as sad as that sounds it's just an old trash field <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> and the thing is about this area is that it's so close to the ocean and there there's like no elevation anywhere except for mount trashmore so it's like the only <laughs> elevated and it's, man and it's man-made so it's not even that <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in canada and going out on the prairies and you stand on the railway crossing because that's the highest point you'll see anywhere <laughs> there you go but of course, red weather's living on the coast, so I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that the ocean does come into your music. On your Empty Places EP, Burden says, you fled the safety of the port just to find your way alone. Sometimes it takes a great defeat to bring the wayward sailor home. Is that coming from a personal perspective? Yeah, like I mentioned previously, pretty much at least 75% of the lyrics were about <laughs> my previous relationship. Um, I mean, that one in particular uh, is about a very close friend of mine um, and kind of how they were related to marital issues. And I don't want to go too deeply into that, but um, yeah, so it's, a, it's about a friend. I was on your Facebook page, and a year ago, Redweather put a post up and you said, we just crunched some numbers. And it turns out by taking the next couple months off from playing shows, we're actually saving a few hundred dollars. Does making music really suck, at least financially? <laughs> if you don't have a record label who is paying for your recording, then yes, absolutely. <laughs> we, we're definitely, you know, at best breaking even. Um, which is fine. I figure, like, if we were really into golf and went golfing every weekend, we'd be, you know, dumping thousands of dollars and have nothing to show for it. So, <laughs> at least we have records. <laughs> then I guess there's another way of looking at this. Is making the music a hobby, a profession, or artistic outlet? 
it's definitely not a profession for any of us. We all have careers. I would say for some of us, it's probably a hobby. And for some, it's like myself, it's just an extension of who I am. I've been in a band since I was probably 16. And I can't imagine not doing music. Why make music? What's the importance? It's fun. <laughs> I love making music. It's fun, for sure. Um, for me, it's like I said earlier, it's been therapeutic in a lot of ways. Um, I'm kind of an introvert. The band pulls me out of that. I'm kind of a different person <laughs> when I'm at shows. Because we're all introverted, I'm the one that <laughs> is out and <laughs> you know, talking on stage, etc. It's been good for me, like even in my career, just because I have more of a chance to um, speak in front of people, and it doesn't bother me at all anymore. If I'm doing, you know, training or something like that, leading training at work, it's like nothing, just because I've done it so many times now. Even though it's not what I naturally want to do, it's just something that comes more naturally to me now. You're forced out of being that way. Yes. Exactly. Something about the band is that it doesn't make your Christian faith obvious, but it is in the background of songs like Empty Places. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't say that we're necessarily a Christian band. You know, several of us are Christians and have come from that Christian background. And I would say anytime you have faith or something that you have grown up believing, something that you've grown into in that way then it's gonna kind of show up in the lyrics um like i mentioned before i, I do you know 99 of the lyrics <laughs> so i don't want to speak for everyone but i guess i have to speak for everyone <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it kind of trickles its way through i would say that right now i'm kind of as cliche as it sounds kind of like in a deconstruction phase and kind of looking at, do I believe what I've always believed because it's what I've always believed or because I actually believe it? And that's been helpful for me coming to terms with the full picture of what it is to believe. And that's been cool uh, kind of exploring that in some of our newer songs that will be coming out later. These other ones, um, the ones that we just released, you know, we've been working on those for a year or two. So this is kind of going to be coming up later uh, in the next EP, probably. I do understand that because I found with myself personally, I found that my faith has evolved. Absolutely. And if it's not evolving, then what's the point? <laughs> the latecomer, the newbie to the band. <laughs> Chris has arrived. Good to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. Good to be here. You guys have spoken about all this recording Red Weather has been really hard at it. So the demo EP released 2018. Last year, you released Empty Places. And now, it's your new full length, Wish You Well. So seriously, do you guys have a life outside of music? <laughs> like I had mentioned, it comes together really quickly for us. The hardest part was kind of getting our schedules in order to be able to do the actual recording. Um, and all the back and forth that comes with that as far as, you know, edits and, uh, you know, revisiting songs that need to be touched up, that kind of thing. So we've been at it pretty hard, I would say, especially the COVID year. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we weren't doing any shows or anything like that. So we would have every month or two, we would be in the studio uh, trying to get a song or two done. So we were able to put enough songs together to have a full length, which is kind of a bucket list item for the majority of us. I've been in, a, like I said, a, a bunch of bands, but I've only done EPs up until this point. So this was the first full length I've been a part of. But how many bands are not doing full lengths any longer? It's just strictly EPs or even more so it's just singles. Yeah. And that's something that we've debated about for a while. Um, Brian is like a huge vinyl <laughs> head. Uh, he's got a room full of vinyl. So he's all about the album. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm old fashioned like that. <laughs> so he, he I'm, I'm, starting to see, I'm starting to see the light now. <laughs> it's all good. I'm glad we did this. Like I said, it, it's a bucket list item. And also it stands out in the single oriented scene today. I don't know that I would want to do it again anytime soon, <laughs> but I'm glad we did it now. It's a feather in our cap. I think that, you know, a lot of bands don't have right now, especially bands that are primarily local. I really find the album title interesting. Wish you well, because you could actually interpret it two ways. I mean, you could think it's genuinely wanting someone to be well. Or on the other hand, it's like a send-off when you're ending a relationship. Yep. That's exactly what we were going for. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love to be ambiguous? <laughs> um, I like double entendres and things like that. So any chance I have to use one, I do. And we had the song Wishing Well, which has that lyric. Yeah, I threw a coin in a wishing well. I hope you know that I wish you well. Um. I like the juxtaposition of that. And when we were looking for an album title, that one kind of stood out to all of us. And the first song on the album, Nothing at All, is kind of at the beginning of the end, I would say, like relationship wise. That was one of the first songs that we wrote as a band, uh, which was on our demo. It was on our EP. Uh, Wishing Well was the final song that we put together for the album. And Relationally speaking, it is a I wish you well, no no hard feelings. Like it's over, but it doesn't have to be something that is all consuming anymore. That's kind of the place I was when I wrote that. Then are you saying that Wish You Well was designed as an overall story? I wouldn't say it was necessarily that way. There are songs in there that don't really have to do with the story. For example, Witness is completely about something else. So there, there's a few in there that are not <laughs> specifically about my relationship. Um, but the beginning and end, they're kind of relate to the beginning and end of a relationship. One very consistent thing about the album is that it's intensely sad. I mean, it is <laughs> emo, right? Like on Counting Seconds, when it speaks about a couple being separated... She's filling my mind lately, and I can barely sleep, when waiting means not knowing what will be. And all we have are two small screens. I'm counting seconds till I have you here with me. And it also says, if you don't want this, don't pretend you do. Is this abstract, or is it real? Um, a little bit of both. That uh, was written in the COVID year also. 
where it's like everyone is quarantining. All we have is, you know, these two handheld computers that we're communicating with each other on. And, you know, it's like, who knows if it's real? Who knows if it, anything will come of it? Because all we have right now is, you know, text messaging. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. I've had a lot of comments <laughs> from people saying that they get that one. You know, I can understand the song Fall Apart. We failed each other from the start. We held our hearts in our own hands. We clenched them tight until they bled. We thought we were invincible. So I guess really the question is, is thinking you're invincible a sign of youth or is it naivety? I think they kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've I've met a lot of very seniorish people that were very naive. That's true. I think the younger you are, the more likely it is that you're also naive in, in some ways. Yeah, thinking that you're invincible, thinking that you're untouchable is a surefire way to have everything blow up. (laughs) Because I think relationships take nurturing, they take care, they take two people giving 100%, not two people giving 50% each. And when that doesn't happen, then it's a recipe for disaster. You guys need to tell me, is Red Weather having any plans to tour this release? Or I guess, really, is that even possible? Um, We've talked about doing little tours here and there, but it's probably not going to be like on a large scale at all. <laughs> it would take a, you know, a huge record label coming in and swooping us up or something like that. <laughs> and even then, we're all pretty dead set in our careers, so who knows? Um, we play out as much as we can. Uh, we like to play with the uh, the bands who are on tour coming through our area so we can bring kind of a local presence to those shows. Um, so that's primarily our goal in this is to get to see and meet bands as they come through. If we're going to be at the show anyway, it'd be better if we're playing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, then, are you more inclined to just be like a recording-type band versus being a live band? I think both parts are important. It's just that touring is not going to be something that we're super looking into doing. You know, if there's festivals, stuff like that, that we could fly out to or drive to to do, that would be great. But touring on a large scale was never what our goal for the band was. Something with the album, with Wish You Well is that it closes with a gorgeous track, Wishing Well, about severing a relationship. And part of the chorus says, I threw a coin in a wishing well. I hope you know that I wish you well. Does that describe life? Just hoping that life turns out well? Uh, I mean, I think it can, and I certainly think it does for some people. You know, they absolutely kind of just throw things out there or even... It may not even be throwing things out there, but, um, you know, very faith-driven people, I'd say, could rely on putting all their hopes and things like that into their faith, their beliefs, and, you know, kind of hoping things work out for the best. So, I mean, I think it could, but I also think, you know, that there is a little bit more to it. You know, I I think some people do get lucky breaks. But I do think that a lot of us have to work for the things that we want and have to kind of go after it and put in the work. So, I mean, I guess I'll say, sure. 
<laughs> it can describe life. Sure. <laughs> Earlier on, I said how red weather has been moving fast. You guys have talked about an upcoming album. So how many months do we have to wait till the next release? <laughs> <laughs> so this time around, um, we're actually going to be doing the bulk of the recording on our own. And we have a friend in Nashville who has a studio, and he actually did the mastering for our last release, uh, Andrew Gomez. He's going to be doing the production. So we're going to be looking to start very soon. Our current plan is to do a four-song EP. So we'll see how that, that evolves as we start the recording process. But yeah, we're looking to do one of the songs from the full-length acoustic um, another one of them, we're going to do kind of a lo-fi version of the song, like a remix. Mm-hmm. And a couple other new little tricks that we're going to pull out. Hopefully a feature that's going to be pretty cool. One of our favorite bands. We're going to try to get one of uh, them on, on the album with us. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, that'd be cool. And I do like the lo-fi idea. I could see you guys doing that. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a, become a trend lately, and we've got a couple songs that I think fit really well in that vein. Yeah. That was Brian's idea. I'm excited about it. That's cool. Tim, Brian, and Chris have been here from Red Weather. Guys, seriously, thanks for coming for this talk with The Antidote. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Very excited to do it. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you for having us.